All right, you also welcome to In the House 2.0. We have a big, big night. But I got to tell you, you could drive all the way to South Dakota to get to the base of Mount Rushmore. But I've got three presidents right here in front of me. I got Brad Estes, president of Soccer Holdings, Ken Luther, president of the Coopers, and Michael Bromlow, president of Scouse's House. So, guys, thank you all for coming tonight. Cheers, guys. Good Cheers. to have you all. Cheers. To get all these together is not easy to do. Uh, it took nearly an act of Congress, uh, but the only person I knew that could pull it off was my buddy Scouse. So how'd you do it, Scouse? Well, um, I asked uh, Brad for a favor and he goes, what is it? And I kind of penned him into a corner and he said something about he's free on the evening of the 8th. So that's when we're doing it. So here we are. So, and then um, I was looking for a um, another guy that's better looking than me to help ask some questions of Brad. So the first guy that came to, to mind was my friend, uh, Ken Luther. So uh, here he is. <laughs> so thanks for the cover up scouts, because you know, I've been begging you and you'd be like, Brad, we're full. We got plenty of people. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate the cover up. <laughs> so quite, quite the night to have all three of you all on. So appreciate you all doing this. Uh, I know we had to work through some schedules. Ken, it's the first time you've been on Scouse's House podcast. I know that Brad's been on here before, but uh, Ken, your first time, are you nervous? Do you need to go to the bathroom or anything like that? Are we good? You're retiring okay. from life or what are we doing? Yeah, very nervous, but I'll just go to the bathroom where I'm at. So I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> That's why you need the extra track suits. Is that right? right? Exactly. Yes. I'm a man of leisure, so I need uh, track suits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should you want any of the, uh, the, the Scouse shell suits? Is that what you want? The what? The Scouse shell suits, you know, the, the one with the Liverpool crest on it. And Why know. would I want a track suit of a fifth-place team right now? What is it? Well, you know, you see, after last season, we thought that uh, we'd, uh, <laughs> we'd give you guys a bit of a head start. And, uh, we'll catch up later. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, I see. How. Yeah. I see. <laughs> and that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Yes. Yes. So while all of us have been sitting around on COVID, uh, gaining pounds on coronation, Brad, you've been opening up a new club. Um, so I, so questions just popped in my head early today. I was thinking, what was it like when you first came in to Louisville city and you were just kind of coming in on kind of a part-time basis and now all of a sudden you're charged a soccer club, right? What's it like the difference between that transitioning to something that was somewhat established on somewhat footing to a whole new team? Anything that you took from that? Has it been tougher, different? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, I probably would start off by saying that it's like the business version of Ted Lasso. So you got a you got a, a football American football guy stepping into this uh, this soccer world that he knows nothing about. Um, and you know, luckily it wasn't from day one, and we already had some pretty good success going when I got involved. Um, but I think what we what we learned in the first few years, um, we were able to bolt onto uh, with, with racing. And so that that was one of the beautiful things about about being able to add an NWSL team is you already had the back office staff. Um, you had a great supporter base. You had support from your city. And so really, it's just trying to do the same thing again. There's there's a little bit of a different um, element from uh, just from the national and international sometimes uh, media attention um, and and different fan bases to some extent, but we do believe that we will have a much higher crossover between the two fan bases than most NWSL teams have, because most NWSL teams are not the first or second professional sports team in their town. They're the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth in their market. So we do believe that we will get a lot more support um, for our NWSL team 
Um, I know some haven't even started selling tickets yet for this year, and we already have 3,400 season tickets sold. So um, we're, we're really excited about it. And I think, you know, I, I would summarize it by saying we just wanted to continue what we were already doing with Louisville City and, and not screw it up. So to that point, I know that you kind of look at the stats. So being an analyst type of data guy, how many of those people that are Louisville City season ticket holders are also racing? Is there like a, is that a 20%? Is it 40%? Is there a number you're looking for? When we did the due diligence, we talked to the other teams. We were told that it would be anywhere from 10 to 15% crossover. Um, and we're seeing much, much higher numbers than that right now. We're seeing about 50%. We do believe that it, it will bleed down from here. And so I think you're going to see it in the 30 to 40% range probably. And I think that has to do with the market dynamics. Again, you don't have, I mean, take Chicago, for example. There's two professional baseball teams. There's basketball. There's football. There's MLS. Um, there's NISA now and soccer. Um, there's hockey. So it's just you're competing for for different uh, competing, I guess, with the same eyeballs for different sports. And, and we don't have that um, have that issue here in Louisville. I know one of the things you were uh, looking at doing is uh, getting a kind of a regional focus for the NWSL team. Have you seen that already with maybe people willing to travel a little bit farther from season ticket purchases? I think we have eight uh, season ticket holders in eight states which is just hard is. for me to imagine. So, it's I mean, crazy. You, obviously, obviously Kentucky and Indiana, but then you have some from Ohio, you have some from, from uh, Missouri, Tennessee. We have uh, one pair from Mississippi, um, West Virginia. And so it's, there, it really is a regional focus. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into the, uh, to the IWC later as well. We, we'll talk about that. And, and, and the draw that we'll get from, for that tournament will be incredible as well. So are there, like, uh, are there differences between, you know, being a president of a USL club and NWSL, just the way the leagues are structured and run? Uh, because you've been doing this USL thing for a couple of years now, so you kind of have a rhythm behind it. I'm going to ask you questions about the, the winter summit in a little bit, but have you noticed some differences right up front that, that you can speak to? I mean, it's completely different. I mean, it's like polar opposites because the USL, um, is owned by uh, the Papadakis family um, and, and New Rock um, and, and the league uh, members like, like Louisville City FC. We have two board of governor seats, myself and John Neese, um, but, but we are merely um, participants in the league. We don't own the league. In the NWSL, we own 10% of the league. And as we grow, we will get diluted a little bit, right? When we go to 12, we'll own what 8% of the league, whatever that is. Um, so we're on committees. I just had a, a committee meeting today, um, finance and advisory, uh, of which I'm a member. And, and so I was on there with my committee members and we talked about 2021 budgets and we talked about um, uh, different specific strategic uh, items that, that we are now uh, in charge of developing, really. And, and when in USL, it's not that not that way. We uh, we're very involved and the USL does a great job of, of including the ownership. Uh, but it's but it is completely different because you're you're an owner. And, and so it's it's uh, it's just a completely different ball of wax. So is that going to take uh, when you look at kind of how you all are organized in the front office? Or is there going to expect, you know, reorganization, more people to come in to manage the different sides of the house or things like that? Or do you think you're structured appropriately right now? Well, we definitely will continue to grow, and we've added a few positions um, in, in, the, in the last few months. Um, what you've seen from a governance perspective, specifically on the NWSL side, um, in addition to USL, John Neese has gotten a lot more involved, which is great for me 
Um, he's a, sure. obviously a, a brilliant businessman and, and has done a lot of great things. And so he he's working probably a lot more hours than he thought he would. I think he's really enjoying it though. You'd have to ask him. Um, but he's he really. I mean, he's 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 just he's jumped in feet first and and uh, and uh, is really enjoying talking with uh, with all the different committees on on both leagues. And uh, but he's but like I said, he's probably working a lot more hours than he thought he would in his second retirement, just like you can. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, I am. I volunteer for a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, great. Whoops. <laughs> Oops, oops on me. How, how does this affect the academy stuff? Because I was kind of looking through all the academy stuff, and I know that we have, you know, a, a fledgling city academy moving along. Are we going to have a racing academy next to it, or are they going to be merged into kind of one academy structure? Or how, how do we think that's going to end up looking like? We, have, we already have a, a full top-to-bottom academy for racing. Uh, my daughter actually plays in the 2013s, so she's trying to – figure out the difference between a soccer ball and a grapefruit, but they really have a lot of fun out there. Um, and, and no, I mean, we, we have all, all the same age groups and everything for racing and they play in ECNL just like the, the boys do. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you saw on Twitter, but we played the Columbus crew Academy, um, on Saturday and we played them in five age groups. We won four and lost one. Wow. Um, I, I can't tell you how proud we are of Mario and his staff. And if you go down the, the staff, the, the, the quality of the coaching um, is just incredible. Hilton Days, who was the head coach last year at the University of Cincinnati, um, his his wife is Karen Ferguson Days, who's the head coach at U of L, and and on the women's side, and he's come back come and joined us. We have Luke Spencer, we have Simon Bird um, on the boys' side, Tim Nowak on the girls' side. Uh, we just hired Kincaid Schmidt, who is our new junior academy director, and we she came from the Colorado Rapids, um, and and she's relocated her and her boyfriend. Um, have, have relocated here. So the, the staff on that side is just truly top class. And that's where we really feel like we will be able to intertwine ourselves into the fabric of the community um, is through that youth program. Yeah. Could you could you imagine doing this without JOC? No, no. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, someone would have to be in that position um, uh, just getting the, the women's program started and the academy started. Um, you know, Mario and Christy are fantastic. Um, but just from, uh, and, and you, you call it front office. I want to let you know, as of like a month ago, we renamed ourselves internally and we will probably make this external. We've renamed ourselves the back office because for us, I it makes that. sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? We're not the front We're no, nobody comes to watch us do our jobs. They come to watch the players play. And so we want to think of ourselves as the back office. We feel like hopefully saying that will, will create the proper mentality of, of us being a support structure. Uh, for, for the team and the and the coaches, um, uh, and I've lost my train of thought. The, what was the question? JOC. Yes, JOC. So having James, yeah, James O'Connor. For those that don't listen to our podcast all the time, James O'Connor was the original head coach for Louisville City FC. Left, went to Orlando, came back, and now is what's his official title, Brad? Because we have executive a lot of people listen to podcast. Yeah, executive vice president of development is his current title, and he's he's a, he's just a great partner. I mean, I, I know James. Uh, we're, we're just always on the same wavelength and and it's it, it's just great to have somebody you know two offices down for me uh that, and we just we bounce things off of each other constantly and, and he's i i don't know i wouldn't know how to do what he's doing i couldn't fake it so i got you know let's say i'm racing a little bit because i got a couple of questions I, I saw that uh coach holly obviously is the is the head coach are they are there any other coaches that are joining his staff or, or currently assisting uh, him right now 
They are, and and I'm I don't want to scoop uh, my my good friend Jonathan Lintner, but we will be making some announcements. Um, but yes, we do have a staff that includes an assistant coach, goalkeeper coach, uh, a director of high performance um, that are all involved, um, and we will be making some some statements on that very soon. Cool. I think the other kind of burning question a lot of people have are, are kits. Now, racing is Nike. Am I correct in in that? Yes, sir. NWSL is Nike. So is that a whole new process? And do we have kind of a timeline behind that thing or anything like that? That's yes. And I, I don't know exactly when we'll be able to show the kits. You know, we go back and forth. You do like a virtual reveal or do you do, you know, an event in person with COVID? It makes it complicated. Uh, but that is something that's on the marketing uh, checklist right now to go through and figure out how we're going to reveal those kits. Um, the, 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 the kits were designed by Matthew Wolf. Um, and both kits are fully custom, which is a little bit different than uh, our Adidas kits. We have a templates that we can choose from on the men's side, and and on the women's side, we have they're, they're completely custom. So um, they are uh, they're they're going to blow your hair back, I think. Whoa, whoa! I don't know whoa. what it'll do for whoa. you, Scouts. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know about yeah. this podcast. I was, I was talking just, to Ken. <laughs> I'm putting my racing hat on now. <laughs> Since my hair got blown back. <laughs> See, I've had a bad hair day all day. Couldn't do nothing with it. <laughs> <laughs> so between the, the, the um, race in Louisville and Louisville City FC, do you see a lot of um, cooperation and collaboration between the two sets of coaches on both sides? They're just getting started. Um, there's certainly a good relationship between Hack and, and Christy. Um, so much of what they do is, is individual around their teams. Um, but we'll be moving into a new building very soon over on River Road, that that, that uh, building on Edith Road that we're constructing. And it'll be great to have both teams, the academy and the back office, all in the same building. We've never had that before. So we really believe that culturally that'll be a great step forward for us. Um, and, and to have the proper space, well-designed space, so that we can all meet and, 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 and just be a be a, I was going to say be a club. We're not a club. We're multiple clubs now. Be a group of clubs. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you still haven't got the grass field in yet, but you got the turf ones. So you're still using Thurman Hutchins for, for the grass field training? The grass is actually in now on both on the, on the men's and women's side. It's just we're not ready to use it yet. It's uh, the, the grow blankets aren't on it right now, but it was installed in November. Um, and we feel like we need to let that mature a little bit. You know, we want to have a longer term view on it. Um, you could probably get out there and kick the ball around now, but it wouldn't be healthy for it. So so now we're using the turf and the Thurman Hutchins fields to kind of rotate for the pro teams that are both in preseason right now. Yeah, I've run around on the field and kicked the ball a little bit before, but then LMPD escorted me out. So I'm not going to do that. I learned my lesson <laughs> on that one. Well, well Ken, Ken you I remember about, that night. You got to worry about like chinch bugs and like right. the Northern Sesame, you know, you got to think about all these things. Can you guys clarify something for me real quick? Was that the same night that I see the picture of the hot dog laying on the on the byline? No, nope. that's a different night. Different night. Yeah, yeah. What was that story? Somebody tell me that story because I just see this picture uh, and I laugh. Well, I do happen to know firsthand. Is um, <laughs> it was a wild night? You know, back back in those days, first and second years, pretty wild nights, and uh, it was a very large individual. Who I, I don't really know, but at the very end of the game somewhere around 70, 80 minutes, 
he had gone to the hot dog stand and they sold him like 50 hot dogs for a quarter apiece because they were just trying to get rid of him. <laughs> so he comes carrying down this huge armload of hot dogs. He's like, well, what do I do with them? And I don't know who suggested that he toss them around, but then he just started launching them into the stand and then people started catching them and throwing them back. I <laughs> thought ended up on the field. She's got a little ugly from there. It's like a Jimmy Buffett concert with a beach ball. It's exactly the same. It's just different. I love it. I love it. And that's a better answer. I thought you were going to say, I'm the one doing the interviewing here. Uh, yeah. You don't ask questions. So, perfect. <laughs> So Brad, so we I saw something come out today, um, maybe it was yesterday, about the best stadium of the year. So before I get into the semantics of exactly what that means, I did see one rule and become, you know, coming from like a redneck background, I saw where you could vote for like five clubs. So immediately I'm thinking I need to vote for Lynn Family Stadium. Now I need you to tell me the four crappiest clubs that I can vote for my other four votes for that we know are not gonna compete with those. So do you have a four crappiest club list that you can give us? We were told um, by those people, this is per uh, my man, Jonathan Lentner, that no team from America has ever won this. Um, so I was picking obscure countries that had stadiums. Perfect. That I was, I, that's what I was thinking. But he said, I voted for all American stadiums because there's never been an American winner. But you look at some of those on the list. I mean, there's some beautiful buildings. I mean, just to be included in that list, it was awesome. So we're really, really pleased with that. Yeah, they have the Las Vegas stadium on there, right? And the L.A joint yeah. stadium between the Chargers and the Rams, and then a couple of these big soccer stadiums they're building out in the Middle East, which are just magnificent cathedrals. Uh, where so. can we vote? Are there any of the clubs that don't have much internet around them where we could vote for those that we don't think that they'll be able to actually put a vote in? I have not done a test to see the internet connectivity around the stadiums that are on the list, but I can ask Jonathan. I'm sure he has nothing to do, and so we could ask him to take that on as a project. And uh, we'll have him, have him get back with you. That'd be good. <laughs> He'll want to travel though, just to test. So if you're watching this, so if you're watching this tonight, you need to get online. We'll put the the link on the Scousers House website. I'm sure uh, Ken will put it on the Coopers and um, get out there and vote for the uh, Lynn Family Stadium. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So, uh, do we want to stay on racing for a little bit and then switch over to city? Is that how we want to roll? That's uh, fine. <laughs> Go right ahead. One thing I don't understand, and, and maybe you can explain to this, is is we bought the rights to what is it, four players, um, but they're not going to play for the team. What, from a long term kind of strategic perspective, what does that really mean to us? Can we can we, do we think they're going to play uh, for us, or is it just something that's that's a, a bargaining chip, business right? sense, or something like that? I think that there's a lot of different options there. I think that. That with with some the, the idea would be that that you you maybe have some protection um, down the road from other teams uh, that, that may want those players. Uh, with some, there there's a better chance than you would think that they would that they would want to come play here. And we've had some pretty close discussions with a couple of those players about um, coming to play here. So um, it all boils down to in, in the in the expansion draft, what is available to you, and what do you think you can use, and if you. If what you're going to do is, is select a player that you know might make your squad but never make your 18, why not take a player's rights that have value, even if it's not value to you in terms of playing on the field, it's a it's valuable to you in terms of of, of uh, an asset to trade. And so 
talking with Christy again, and you asked me, you know, could I do this without JOC? I, I, I never would have had the, the strategic thought that they did in some of this um, relative to picking players and rights. Um, and so uh, I, I think that th there are multiple options with each of those players. Um, some of them are less likely than others to come and play here. Um, but, but none of it's off the table, especially in, in an Olympic year when uh, I think those players need to play soccer after their European seasons in order to get to the Olympics. Wow, cool. So, you know, that, that's great because then there is a chance that we could see those players putting on the lavender. So that's, that's awesome. You know, I, I, you know, obviously you're not going to talk about players specifically, but there were 30 players in camp last week. Is, is that camp over? And, and when do we think uh, Holly's going to have a, uh, a final roster uh, or or signed full complement of players. What I can tell you is that that it's an ongoing thing, especially with the way that the, the European calendar works. We're still talking to some players in Europe right now okay. um, that that are that would be wrapping up their seasons in in early May, and so that that's a, a dynamic thing. Mm -hmm. um, we have five international slots, um, and we have uh, we have plenty of roster space yet. So. There's still some things coming down the pike. Um, I would say, when, when will the roster be finalized? Uh, I, I don't know that it will be final final until May, to be honest with you, uh, because of the way that that works. Because, again, keep in mind, obviously, every time we step on the field, we want to win. And every season, we want to win a championship. But we also understand that this is a little bit different in, in the way that we acquire players and the way that we build a culture and build a team. And so we're thinking about this three and five years down the road, not just for this season. Cool. Yeah. And then so we have a tournament April 9th, we think, and we think we're going to get home games for that as well. We think so. Yes. Do we have uh, have we looked at TV and how TV is going to broadcast for that yet? Has that been finalized? Uh, do we know? So there's so there's a, a deal with CBS um, and the NWSL and there's a deal with with Twitch um, to do the digital broadcasting. Um, and so depending on. Um, whether deals or uh, whether games are broadcast on CBS, that impacts whether you can broadcast them locally or not. Um, but they'll always be available um, on Twitch. Um, and so that's uh, uh, it, it's a little bit more complicated, I guess, than, than just the USL, the way that we do it in USL, where we broadcast everything locally and then it's on ESPN Plus. So that's awesome, though. So they'll have access to the to the games. Yes. That's great. Yeah, no question. Yeah. All right. So, so back to the uh, talking about the stadium, like where Ken's talking about some of that stuff there. So, <clears throat> with uh, the way that we handled everything with COVID last year, which is a huge kudos to you and the back office staff that we'll call them now. Uh, it's not officially back office staff, but for this, it is on the website it's, it's, today. It was is it's official? Oh, like, it's official. Who, who's in the back office? Is that like you know the the kids like some sea area, isn't like it? Right? Brad, and I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Nobody shows up to watch us do our job. That was the whole point. And so, you know, we're a support structure. We're not the front of anything. So um, I think it's a mentality thing for us. So have we gotten any new regulations for when the season does start? That's something that's very near and dear to all of our hearts, especially my wife, tailgating. Is that going to look any different? Are we still in the same guidelines as last year? Or how's that looking? We haven't gotten there yet, um, and we're waiting. Um, you know, I think that what you'll probably see is that, that, that there will be some restrictions to start the year, and I think it just depends on how the vaccine rollout goes and 
and how um, cases and deaths respond. I hate to say that it sounds morbid to talk about cases and deaths, but um, you know, I don't, I don't know how it's all going to pan out. I would imagine that as we see the one A's, the one B's, the one C's get vaccinated, you would think that that would, that that would curtail um, the morbidity of, of the virus. Um, you're still going to have your cases. Ken, you probably know a lot more about this. I know you're retired, but you, I mean, you, you're a logistics guy. I mean, you, maybe you should talk about this. I'm, I'm actually volunteering at the health department. So um, there you go. helping out uh, with the vaccination campaign. And you're exactly right. The, the call, it's too far away to make the calls. Things are getting better. Um, you know, vaccination campaign has had a lot to do with that, um, especially when they start uh, finishing off the vulnerable population. Uh, I think we'll be in a lot better shape. We are seeing a high death rate right now, but that's just kind of a holdover from the holidays. Um, but as long as things continue to improve, uh, then we should be able to be at or even beyond where we were last year. But you never know, because you got all these mutations and things that are happening that could change the dynamic. So we'll see. So tailgating, I, I would not think that on day one, we will be having big tailgates. Uh, I sure. can't imagine that that would be the case, but my hope would be that as we get into the summer, we could start to do some of that stuff. Um, you know, but it's, you know, and I'm not, not this is not a public service announcement, but but we still no, have to course. be smart. Just because, just because we have the vaccines coming out, we, I mean, I've, I've had COVID myself. I had it over Christmas. You did. Luckily, it was, a, it was a very mild case, luckily for me, and I just lost taste and smell, and so I just drank all the cheap bourbon that I had, and and uh, killed two birds with <laughs> one stone. So, um, but you know, but I see you still have to wear the mask. I mean, I don't think I can get it or, or or give it to anyone, but it's like we all need to be in the same boat, and and wearing the mask is is uh, it, it's the healthy thing to do, and and it's optics, and it builds um, it builds just some camaraderie, I think, with with your fellow citizens, and um, you know, I, I just hope that everybody continues to do that. Yeah, and so kudos once again to the staff, the way that everything was handled last year and being one of the first places in America that had sporting events that we had participants out there, full fans. How big of a, how great of a feeling was that for you kind of being as the leader, the front facing of soccer holdings that, that you could do that and speak to other facilities that wanted to, to be able to do that safely? Yeah, that, I mean, it was the, 2020 was a, a blur, and I think it still is is kind of a blur. And so you open that beautiful stadium on on July 11th, and and there's it was kind of mixed emotions. It's like, should we even be here? I feel like we're being safe, but it's it's still very awkward. Um, and I think we were the first stadium to have fans at a home event. I think that was that. I think that's true, a true statement. Um, I do think that that uh, our partners at ASM Global. And our staff did a really good job of putting a plan in place that that would allow it to be successful. Uh, we knew uh, that, that we would have some pushback from fans wearing masks, and and you saw the first the first day was not great, um, but as it as we went on, it got better. Um, and, and let me just take a second. I, I think the the folks at the uh, supporters' ends are generally the most uh, conscious, um, socially conscious people that we have in the stadium, and. I don't. It was hard for me to to sit there and wear a mask in the in that ninety degree heat. I don't know how the supporters did it, y yelling and screaming and chanting and singing and banging drums. I mean, it's it's really uh, just a tip of the cap to everybody involved. Um, because if we hadn't if we hadn't followed those rules, we would have been shut down. I was on the phone with the governor's office every week, 
And if, and if we weren't following the rules, we would have been shut down. So it's, it's, it's really a tip of the cap. We can do everything we can do, but if, if folks don't want to buy into the rules, it's not going to work. So we love you. Yeah. Thank you. But, uh, you know, that's the draw of the game. As far as I'm concerned, that, that's, that's the draw of football. You're going to do whatever it takes so that you can get in there and go watch a game. Whether it's going to, you're going to have to wear a mask or whatever you need to do, you're going to get in there to watch the game, right? So um, the brand of football that we're playing right here, it, 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 it's testament to that because um, I don't care about wearing a mask. I'm going to go watch the game whether I wear a mask or not. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have done that for, uh, I, I know, UK soccer. I'd never have done that for them. But um, for, for uh, Louisville City, down straight, I'd go ahead and do it. You know? I, I agree with you to a point. I will wear a mask to go to Louisville Racing Games. But uh, I am looking forward to when I'm not wearing a mask in 90 Me and you both. Me and you both. Head off. You know, just it got between my beer and my face, which was uh, just it was just awkward all the time. See, I just poked a hole in it and got a straw. <laughs> yeah, I tried. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes, Joe. That's against the rules. <laughs> it's only against the rules if you got caught. Well, oh. You just got caught. That's a confession. <laughs> I can see the red light in the corner. It's being recorded. Coming in. I don't know. <laughs> There's the power of editing that I still have in my hand, though. That is true. Well, I'm super looking forward to the racing stuff. Um, the the Winter Summit for USL. Did you attend that? I think they did it virtually, right? Or no? Nope? Yeah, it was virtually. Okay. It was it was very dialed down. So we had some board of governors meetings. Um, it, it's the the Winter Summit is such a great event because it's like a reward for the staff. You know, you get to take you know ten or so people down there. And let's be honest. You have a lot of fun. There's a lot of happy hours and networking events. And that's a lot of times where you, you make the most meaningful relationships and learn the most. Um, but the league always does a great job of bringing in good speakers and there's good material. And so, so you miss it, right? I mean, it's a three or four day um, business trip that, that you probably need a break from when you get home because you've, you've had a good time. But it's, uh, it's, it's really a great thing. And, and we, so we missed that this year. But um, the league did a good job of covering the right material um, with, with, you know, there, there were individual breakout sessions that all of our staff attended and, um, you know, it, it was a good thing, but, but not as good as it could have been. As a supporter and a watcher, I always look forward to when you come back from the winter summit and you kind of talk through long-term USL strategic plan type of stuff, uh, which you've done. Do you have any kind of long-term tidbits you could throw at us on what the USL is thinking now, or is it mostly just kind of COVID recovery? It's, it's COVID recovery, it's COVID planning, you know, and they, they, there's a few things that we talked about that, of course, I'm not at liberty to, to discuss um, because it's, you know, until they release it, we can't talk about it publicly. But um, USL is strong. Um, there are a few uh, clubs that, that have struggled and, and it's understandable. I think you're seeing uh, a lot of the clubs that are struggling um, are also, they, their ownership group also own minor league baseball. And so it's just, they're, they're getting hit doubly. And so, um, we hope that everybody can kind of make it through this, but it, but it's tough. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a real life impact to all of this. And, and w- when we talk about our ability to focus 10, 20, 25 years down the road, we can only do that because we have a strong supporter base that we know will be there to support us um, through thick and thin. I, I've never been more proud of anything business related than when we rolled out our ticket plan for this year. And there was option A, option B, and option C. And, uh, and we felt like we were taking a bit of a risk there in doing that. 
Um, but, but we knew how our supporters felt about us and, and, and the results there were incredible. And, uh, and luckily I think it ended up being a win-win because the supporters that chose option a still got to see how many games, 11 plus the playoffs, then you get the discounts on, on this year's ticket. So, but, 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 but you didn't know that, right. When you made that decision, you didn't know if you were going to get to see any games. And so it was just, it was really, it was incredible. Um, so, um, you know, we, we were really happy with the way all that played out. I'm not surprised, though. You know, I talked to a lot of people before you had rolled out those options. They're like, well, we'll just, you know, we're, we're fine. It's a sunk cost. They can have the money and we'll, we'll start again next year. So I'm super happy that it happened quite a bit. I, I am, too. I mean, I think our part was continuing to do everything we said we were going to do. Right. We're, we're still paying the players. We're still and we're not furloughing any any back office. We're going to say front office, any back office staff. Um, <laughs> we're still we're still building out our academy. We're still doing building the training grounds and. And, and, and you guys were right there to support. So it was a, it was a great moment for us. So bear in, in mind with um, all the, uh, the, the COVID precautions that um, you guys have to take with the, uh, the players and uh, the training staff, how are they approaching this season's preseason differently from seasons past? They're not. They're, they're doing exactly what they did last year, specifically on the men's side. Our men's team was just a machine relative to the COVID protocols. They were they, 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 they had no positive tests the whole year. Um, you know, our, our partners at Baptist Health uh, put uh, great protocols in place on site. The league did a good job of putting in their protocols. But again, like we talked about with respect to the supporters, the players and the, and the, and the coaches and the technical staff bought in. <laughs> And they're pros and they're not they're not going to take risks. And so imagine the discipline it takes for them to quarantine like they did and, and to have no positive tests. So, you know, they're, they're doing things the same way that they did them last year. Um, and, and on the women's side, obviously, we didn't have a team last year, but um, but they're, they are incredibly serious about this. And the NWSL protocols are even more stringent than the USL. They're testing twice a week. Um, and so it's it's you know, it's very restrictive. You know, but it needs to be that we need to take this very seriously. I feel like from front to back, like this whole organization, especially like in the last three or four years, once we got enough of the snowball effect, just takes everything serious. And I go back to like the away game uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals at Indy. I felt like that was a pro experience. I saw, you know, we all saw you down the end zone and everything there, Indy. The amount of supporters that we had just going to the game, it's, it's always like this with Louisville, and it's so unique. You think about like just driving up there that day and I'm seeing just rows and rows of people that are passing guys because we're driving way too fast. But still, it's like the whole thing. We're all in on this all the time. What's that like for you when you do go to these meetings, even though it's virtual, like Ken was talking about, because there are teams that are struggling, right, to get that real base, that grassroots support. What's it like for you? Does it sometimes you get taken aback a little bit by that? I do. And it's it feels a bit like an embarrassment of riches um, in terms of the success on the field and the success, uh, you know, with the supporters. But it, but to me, it's like you just don't change anything. Keep, you know, doing things the way that you're doing them because you have such a good state of affairs. And so I just feel really lucky. And I know that our owners feel very lucky um, because the, there was a, a perfect storm of good things that happened in 2015. It started with with great support from the onset, phenomenal you know play on the pitch to get to the conference finals in the first year. So that kind of you, you were always going to have the the hardcore supporters because that's what they do, right? But then you start to build on you know the folks that, that want to come to three or four games a year, and it starts to become a fun thing. 
And that's when you can get the, the, the support of your local government, because the local government doesn't want to back something that's going to be a flash in the pan. Right. And so, you know, it, all three of those things coming together is really why we're here. Um, and, and, and it's yeah, it's it's I'm certainly taken aback by it. There's no question. So big, important question for me. Are there going to be any new food vendors at the stadium this year? Anything for Actually, us to look forward to, like new corn dogs, nachos, grilled cheese, barbecue, anything that we have to really focus on? Because this is important to me. There is there is one, and I don't, they're working on the deal right now. I don't I don't think that they finalized it, so I wouldn't want to say it. But it's a it's a partner of ours that we've used on to feed the team, um, and it's one of my favorites. Um, your friend Brad Gordon is working on this deal right now. Uh, I, I can't say it, but I think that if if it if it comes to I fruition, I don't know who it is, but I won't say it. Okay, yeah. Well, it's it's a phenomenal uh, place, and it's it's a place that, that is diverse enough to feed the team in a healthy manner. But a guy like me still would eat it because it's because it tastes really good. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not the it's not the double dip fried corn dog. It's not that. No, no triple dip. <laughs> triple dip yeah. Oh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't throw them on the field. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brad, with the uh, so obviously, you know, just from the let's step back and just look at it from the business perspective for the back office staff. So you've got this whole thing and a scout says you have to put bums in seats and you can't always do that for soccer, football all the time. So talk to us about some of the other things that we're going to be able to do soon with concerts that are coming out. I know it's too soon for that, but kind of like what are in the works? Because as a season ticket holder, I don't know if we're going to have first right of refusal for things like that or kind of how, how do you guys see that as you're envisioning this thing in the three, five year plan, right? Absolutely. So concerts, um, we don't call it first right of refusal because that insinuates that you get your specific seat. Sure. Um, and that's very complicated from a from an administration perspective. And also you got bands like Pearl Jam as an example. I don't know if you guys know this. They won't play in arenas where there's a first right of refusal on tickets because they want their fans to get the best seats. So they won't do it. So so what we do or what what we've talked with ASM about is that we would have a pre-sale for, for our season ticket holders. And so for even if it's just 24 hours or 48 hours, we'll let you know a month in advance. Hey, on this day, uh, Rolling Stones are coming. Uh, not that they're coming, but Rolling Stones are coming and you'll have 24 hours to buy your tickets before they go on sale to the general public. Um, cool. And so we, we hope and we, we've got a couple in the works right now um, uh, that if we can get the, the restrictions in, in the right spot, we can have some concerts probably toward the end of the summer, maybe in the fall. Uh, but then, you know, we we spoke about the IWC earlier. Nobody asked about that, but that that's going to be a massive, massive thing for us. Um, and, and we can't share the teams that are in it yet, but teams that European teams that, that you would say, holy cow, I cannot believe those teams are coming to our town. Um, and so we're going to start this year with four teams, us in Chicago um, and two uh, international teams. And, and hope, we hope to expand it going forward to potentially eight teams. Um, and so those those international teams will be here for a week and they'll be living in our town and our hotels. They'll be training at our facility. Um, and it's, you know, the, the amount of international notoriety that that will provide for us is incredible. That's yeah. cool. And that's August. Is that when that's August, gonna be? August 18th and 21st. So on the Wednesday night, uh, we will play Chicago and that will be an NWSL game. That'll be a league game. Okay. And the result counts. And then the two international teams will also play. It'll be in a double header. 
And then the winners of those two games will play in the championship on Saturday. And then the losers of those two games will play in the consolation game on Saturday. So it's two double headers. Um, you get, um, as a season ticket holder, you get uh, access to the Wednesday game as part of your season ticket package. Um, and, and so you get to see the international game basically for free, if Fun. you want to look at it that way. Um, and then there will be a separate ticket on the Saturday, which will be a, a kind of a doubleheader friendly kind of deal. So um, we're really wow. excited about it. How cool is that? And, you know, it's, it's like um, I said to you, Brad, when um, this was announced, um, without you and without everybody in the back office and without every, uh, the team, we wouldn't be here right now. Because if you, if you go back a few years ago when um, I know I was there and you were there and Kenny, you were there and we were sitting at the um, the meetings at the um, the city hall and um, look how far we've come from that meeting. You know, because if you'd have told me we got a brand new stadium um, in 2015, I'd be, hey, yeah, right. Come on, pull you the one that's got bells on it. But here we are. <laughs> you know, and um, Brad, you know, they, they couldn't have done it without you, you know, and um, all kudos to you. And I, I'm proud of you, man. I really am. I appreciate you saying that. It's like with everything, it's a team effort. Um, I think about some of the, because you know, I, I feel like we're all like a family um, and, 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 in different ways. Um, I mean, we, and we have family moments, right. Where we sit down and we have, you know, in our office, we're, we're rolling out a cultural model, um, where we talk about having productive conflict, um, because we're not always happy with each other. Right. I mean, Ken, you and I have had some hard discussions and dysfunctional. You know, we, yes. But you sit, but you sit down and you get through it because we both have yep. common interests and we trust one another, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's great. And, and I just, yeah, feel very lucky to be a part of it. And, uh, and, and the sky's the limit. I mean, there, we have other things that, are, that we're planning that are that are bigger and better than than you might even be thinking about. So um, I don't know if we'll be able to pull them off, but we're going to try like hell. So one thing I'd love to do is uh, maybe some of the older academy games be able to catch those if y'all allow fans to come and watch just to see who's coming up through the ranks, the under you know 16, 17, whatever whatever the categories are. That'd be pretty awesome to do. Yeah, the U19 team has yep. – um, and let me talk about this for a minute. So we have different layers of our academy. So you have you have the younger kids that, that is, is more just like club soccer, right? Then you get into ECNL, which is very competitive, okay? Then you get into our, our um, elite training program where we have kids that will train um, not with the pros but on the, on the field next to the pros during the summer. Um, they're doing it right now, in fact. Um, and so they, they, they miss school a couple of days a week and they, and they train alongside the pros. And then you have a couple of those kids that will actually be in the, in the, in the training rotation with the, with the pros, you've got that on the, on the boys and the girls side. And, um, and so it's, there's a lot of different layers, you know, for, for, for kids to get involved. Uh, like I said, my daughter's a, a seven-year-old, she plays in the 2013s and a much different environment than it is on the, on the ECNL competitive level, but it's. It's it's great because we want we want something for everybody. Maybe not so interested in catching your daughter's games, but I'll leave Probably that. Probably not. Um, but I I would love to you know be able to see some of the, the older kids playing, especially when they're you know maybe playing you know both or whatever however it works. Yeah. Yeah, that would be super. Her coach though, her coach is, was Sean Francis this year, and right. so one of the funniest things is to listen to him. My daughter's name is Stella. One of the funniest things is to listen to him, Stella, 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 from from across the way. It's like, and what he's trying to say is, Stella, you're left, you're left back, and you're playing right winger. Can you, <laughs> can you go back to the other side? Uh, Position doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is 
That is awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, you know, on the USL, here's here's maybe something you can hint at is I think there are only about what five, two teams left in the USL uh, championship division. Are we eventually going to be able to see them go away, or or they just hold them on? It, it's it's a topic of discussion often, um, mm-hmm. and it's you know, different people have different views. I, I think that at some point you will see that. And I think you've probably heard about the the MLS two teams uh, talk about starting their own reserve league, right. so that they wouldn't they wouldn't play in in USL. They'd have their own reserve league, yep. um, and so like you would miss the, the the Red Bulls, right? I mean that that's the, we always had good games with them and two attacking styles, a lot of goals. It's a lot of fun to watch, um, but but there's some merit to that as well, uh, you know, with some of the teams. It just depends on how you want to play, and and some of those teams treat it completely as developmental. And and uh, it doesn't it doesn't do much for our fans. Have they done conference alignment uh, yet? Do we know how those are going to line up? We do, but I don't think I can say it yet. Um, but we do, and I think there will be some interesting interesting components to it. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys will think it's interesting or just different. Um, but it's I I think that right. there, there will be some opportunities for some different away days. Um, and so I think I think you'll enjoy it. I'm certainly going to enjoy it. Sounds like a great like Reddit and then a subreddit thread on this. I, I feel it coming already. Yeah, uh, I, I'd love to see the Oklahoma teams come back in because they were fun. <clears throat> played them the first year. So I'm checking out Brad's body language to see if I'm <laughs> getting there. Maybe not. <laughs> what about Pro Rail? Are we gonna get are we ever gonna get Pro Rail going? Is there any? Is there still discussion of that? Because well, especially on Ken's point right here, because that was one of the reasons that we couldn't get into the Concacaf Champions League because there's no Pro Rail, right? Right. So they say that that's not an option for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I do think that you know we're, we're Division Two league, um, and, but I do think that we're a lot better than some of the club league club teams that are in the Champions League. I'm so. watching some right here. Mm-hmm. That's in the background. And actually, our buddy Mike Watts, I texted him earlier. He called this game. It ends up in a nil-nil draw if anybody wants to know it's three weeks ago. But it was on. There you go. Yeah, so I don't know who those teams are and if we could beat them. But uh, we would certainly love the opportunity. I probably yeah. think we can based on his comments. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking too. And, th- and so the, the way in is through U.S. Open Cup, right? So um, we learned today that when does this get published, this podcast? When do you want it published? Well, Tomorrow, there's going to be an announcement about the U.S. Open Cup structure. Um, and and I'll just say this because I don't know when you're going to post this. I'll, I'll post it US later. Cup. Okay. So so there will be um, only eight Division II teams in Open Cup. And there will only be eight MLS teams in Open Cup. So there will be 24 teams total. And so it's an interesting opportunity. I don't know how they're going to select them. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work. But um, you're, going to, you're, you're going to see that uh, it'll be – potentially uh, an opportunity to, to pull one off. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't know how they're going to select the teams though. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe like it's qualifying just like it is, you know, in England for the champions league and Europe and all that. So it's top division, you know, top four, top eight, whatever it is, gets to go. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah I don't know how that'll work. Yeah. I hope it is. Cause that, that means we qualify every time. <laughs> well, I'm hoping next year it becomes a real tournament again, where everybody can sign up, but, they're doing this for for COVID reasons, and it'll be over very quickly. So yeah, um, they won't drag it out the whole year. Oh, so this is just a COVID thing. 
with the yeah game. yes just COVID yeah just for just for COVID for Open Cup yeah but it does increase the, the chances of being able to, to pull one off so that would be super cool and that's the only way in so going back to Pro Rel is there still maybe a strategic plan out there where it's a possibility in the future for USL internally or yes internally? it's been discussed that's for sure nothing formal um but I, yeah, I think even at the 2019 Cup final, Jake Edwards talked about that in his halftime interview. Yeah, so I mean, I think that there's there's the opportunity to have pro rel across three divisions. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if this is it could ever really be in the cards or not. But there's nothing that says USL can't form its own Division One league right. uh, if you, if you have enough teams that can qualify with the stadiums and the ownership network requirements. Um, you know. Uh, th there's no reason that that we couldn't do that, and then have, you know, have have a have a top tier, a championship, and a and a League One type situation. So, uh, I think we're some years away from that because stadium infrastructures have to make sense, and you know you can't have a team that's playing in a cow pasture get promoted. Um, but, you know, it's Rome wasn't built in the day. And to get in the weeds on that for just a second, without you giving any intel that you have, but doesn't that come down also to the business structure of how the teams were formed? Any type of um, legalities to that with ProRail? I don't. I think it, it's really more about owners being willing to to risk their investment with a, with relegation. I really believe that that's what it is now with MLS with the single entity structure. It's a little <clears> bit. Um, I think that that could be figured out, but I, I understand. I mean, it'd be easy for me to say, "Oh, come on, guys, let's do ProRail," but I'm not the one that wrote a $350 million check to get into that league, and I, I get it. Um, it would be nice if there was some way to figure out the math. You know, with, with some sort of a parachute payment, if you did get relegated, sure. um, because I do think ultimately the TV rights and the media deals would be worth a lot more. Um, you know, I, I'm, as Americans, you know, as a guy like me, I, I didn't know what that meant. And, and I'm I'm watching it's just two or three years ago and I'm just getting into to, to the Premier League and Huddersfield uh, had a draw at Man City. And my wife is, is hearing me going, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. And she's like. They, what do you mean? They just they just tied. I'm like, but you don't understand what that meant for Huddersfield. No, in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they, they were in a relegation battle. It was it was a lot of fun to watch, and um, I think it'd be incredible. Obviously, I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, it'd be incredible for our for our country. Because we call them franchises here, and that's the issue. Yeah, it's like owning a McDonald's. Think, yeah, and I think that's we, we call them franchises in, in in USL. It's it doesn't really fit that definition because it's. It's it's completely independent. You do your own thing, uh, but in, in NWSL and, and MLS, you, you do you own a piece of the league, and and they own right. all the intellectual property. I mean, we don't own the marks yeah. to racing. Um, the, the NWSL owns the the logo and they own the name, um, so it's a completely different ball of wax. Right. I do think though that you know long term wise for American soccer, if it ever wants to get to where I think it wants to get, it's, it's going to have to entertain that a little bit better for for a Yank like me. What attracts me to soccer is the pro rail structure, the Champions League structure, and how all that works. I agree. Uh, mm -hmm. So, we'll see. Yeah. We'll and I'm just, I'm just thrilled we're having this discussion. So, um, you know, because I've said for a long time that uh, pro rail just needs to happen. But uh, again, it's not me writing the checks. Well, you don't have 350 mil just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, well, hang on a minute. It's in my back pocket. I'll give it to you. Hang no, on. When, you when you convert it to pounds, it's about the same, isn't it? Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is these days. <laughs> All right. So, Brad, I'm going to throw a couple other things at you that will probably roll through this thing in the next 15 minutes or so. Be respectful of everybody's time. But <clears throat> one of the things I noticed I was when I was um, 
Lance asked me to be on Soccer City Radio. We've all probably been on it many times, but I got to be at the stadium one morning and it was so quiet. It was so nice. And it was the, the day before, I think it was the quarterfinals, Eastern Conference. And all I could do is I could just picture like having, it's like, you know, like when the Derby, they have like Dawn at the Downs, right? And I was thinking about just like how nice it would be to be able to do like breakfast at the stadium and, and just all these different things that can be built around it. So talking about lead up to games when you're able to do more of these things with the stadium, obviously let's just throw COVID to the side. Just give us something to hope. We don't, we're not gonna wear masks forever, are we, Brad? I don't think so, but, I, but I'm not a medical professional, so. Okay, so, but what kind of things are in the works as far as just like, what do you all think about bigger picture, about more ways to just utilize the facilities for more of a fan experience? That aren't just there just for the game, but just taking in that whole area of Butchertown. Well, I think it's 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 a part of the bigger strategic plan for the development. So, and we're talking right now about about starting that development around the stadium with a mixed use retail component. Um, and so, you want to tie in different components of, of residential uh, multifamily apartments with hotels, bars, restaurants, coffee shops, maybe a little office sprinkled in. Um, you know, the, the office uh, market right now is not very strong, but I think there's a there's a good opportunity to do a joint venture deal with an owner occupied uh, building for somebody that wants to be in that space. Um, but but I think just activating the stadium all the time is, is the goal. Right. right. And so right. I have visions. I, I, I'm a cyclist. I know it doesn't look like it, but um, I, I would like to start a cycling club. I mean, you're right. I have a Peloton road. back there. It doesn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Just right there. It's Peloton. Though. There you go. Perfect. Laundry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good coat hanger exactly for me uh, for my wife not so much yes <laughs> so starting starting a, a, a cycling club that leaves out of the stadium every saturday morning or every wednesday and saturday and you know you come back and you have a beer in the beer garden when you're done because you got to replace all those calories sure. um for some reason i don't know why i go back to this but i always envision maybe it's because we had this a few years ago um um who was in the who was in the, the champions league final two years ago tottenham and Liverpool. was it chelsea no, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, you watched the mouth. No, it was Chelsea. It was Tottenham and Liverpool. Tottenham and Liverpool. Liverpool won okay. it. I thought it was two years ago. Anyway, but, but we have a game at ago. 7 o'clock. We have a game 7 o'clock, and, and there's a Champions League final on at 3.30, and the beer garden is packed, and you know, yeah. and the Modelo bar is packed, and you're everybody's in the game beforehand um, and just, just having a blast watching those games. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the game rolls around and half the people have been kicked out because they've been drinking too much beer. But it was a fun day that we all remember, except for those of us that got kicked out because they drank too much. They can't remember anything. But. <laughs> yeah, because Ken's you, like, you Ken's like somebody have, video. Yeah, you could have an incredible like experience there just watching Premier League matches in the morning, just on the big screen, all those things. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. just looking for a little teaser. We all want hope past yeah. the masks. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that there's endless options right there. And uh, especially as you see the development get built out, um, there'll, there'll be more and more things to do around the stadium. So from a from a Cooper's end or whatever end we want to talk it, uh, we need a very tall building uh, at the other end that blocks the sun. If you're going to have, you know, those uh, kind of in the dust. morning, can in the morning, can the sun's behind you? Yeah. yeah. In the evening, when I'm trying to watch a, a footy, I'm yeah. the sun. Yeah, so you're thinking like a museum plaza kind of building. Something, something. Yeah, museum plaza yeah. that's roughly oh, but, the width of a pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But on the other hand, uh, Brad, you know, I've got to give you kudos <laughs> because Scouser's house now has the biggest sunshade on the planet. It does. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's right. We went from being allotted in the previous state. <laughs> How did you guys get away with that? <laughs> Money, they paid us. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you said you wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, blame it on the wine. Put us next yeah. to the biggest bar in the whole stadium. What do you think was going to happen? We yeah. Pay for the place. Good things. Good things. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, and we always keep that bar busy, don't we, Ken? I, I, I walk down there just to go to it sometimes, just because. It's a cool bar. It really is a cool bar. And obviously with the size of it, you would know that it's the highest sales generator in the whole building. Um, but it's it's a really cool place to be. I can't wait until we can put an adequate amount of people in there because it's just going to the atmosphere will be electric. I can't wait. Yeah. Yep. I can't wait either. So, yeah. So, Ken, what's going on with the Coopers? We've got you on here. So talk to us a little bit about what's coming up to you guys. You had your AGM recently. Yeah, well, we've got uh, a couple of our monthly meetings right now, and, and the Coopers are, are kind of, we're reevaluating where we're at and writing a strategic plan, uh, figuring out kind of where we want to take the organization. You know, like everybody, we're, we're rebuilding after COVID. You know, it, 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 that had an effect on, on people individually and collectively. So, you know, one of the things we want to try to make sure that we do is we take care of people who are Coopers that, you know, have been sitting inside their house for the past year and right. help them and help the community. Uh, we're putting a kind of a bigger emphasis on charity this year. We have a new kind of angel share, which is our charity arm. Uh, Benton Newman uh, is going to be running that for us this year. So I'm pretty excited about what we're going to be doing there. And, and we also have some discussions about what our role is with Racing FC. Um, and, and how, you know, we want to be able to make sure that the, the same level of support <coughs> that we've provided for the last six or so years for a city is able to translate over to Racing FC. And whether we do that kind of by, with, and through the other supporters groups or we do it on our own, I uh, prefer to do it with and through the other supporters groups. Um, you know, we talk about doing the things that we do, which is make TIFOs and make music and all that other stuff. You know, I want to try to put an emphasis on teaching people how to do these things so that it, you know, when I retire again, 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 <laughs> uh, it can carry on, you know, because, you know, a lot of the things that we've done, we've learned lessons the hard way on how not to do it. And we want to be able to uh, help other groups, especially for racing, Make sure that they come out the great the gate running on big TFOs and great music and, and all this other stuff. So that's kind of what we're focused on right now. We have a couple of months because of this weird year uh, to really plan and, and prepare. But uh, rest assured, we're already moving. We're already getting TFOs together. Uh, we are thinking about music. We haven't really made it very far on that one but we definitely want to do a refresh on a lot of the the songs and stuff that we sing and come out with some new stuff um, so and we're going to start a membership drive from my perspective you know membership was super important the first time i was president in 2000 what was it 16 16 i think it was wasn't it? Mm -hmm. because the coopers were all about providing that in in-game support and the better job we did that 
the more the whole city could get behind the team and then we get a stadium and so on and so forth. Well, we did all that. So so now, you know, membership is is awesome, but I really want to make kind of the the member experience and the member participation of Coopers in what they do day to day uh, bigger and better as opposed to just driving up member numbers. That's uh, it's kind of a different tact I'm taking from the first time I was president. More engagement. Yeah, more engagement and and more kind of you know rebuilding the family. You know, we talk about a family, but you know, the thing about the Coopers is we got so big. You know, we had 350, 400 members at, at, at one point that you didn't know all of, you know, the Coopers. And I really think that's almost too big, or unless you want to do like individual pieces or something like that. Sure. Um, you know, to me, in a supporters group, you should you should know most of the other members. Um, so I think that's important. Uh, so bringing kind of rebuilding some of that stuff and bringing it back is is from my perspective, uh, high on my agenda. Yeah, so two years ago, we made a big move, uh, at least what we thought was both with the Scouts House and Coopers to be a little bit more uh, working together. So yeah. Scouts and I would go to one side during the second half of the match, and we had some people from the, the Coopers that would come over and get in our end of the old Slugger Stadium. And I thought that brought a lot, but you're right. I would go over there, and I knew only a handful of people. I wasn't part of that supporters group, but... Uh, I think it's really important that that becomes the core base that we really understand what's going on with the Scouts. You got the AGM that you've set the date for. Yeah, we um, us this year? we have uh, set the date for the, the Scouts House AGM with the um, assistance of um, Saints and, and Bruce down there. He's um, allowing us to occupy the whole sky bar for the uh, Scouts House AGM. Too. Um, where social distancing will be um, strictly enforced and um, people are welcome to come and attend. Um, we begin at uh, 7 o'clock and uh, if you want to come out and uh, find out and start shaping Scouser's House for the next season, please come out and uh, join us and we would be electing um, the Scouser's House officials, including myself. You know, um, My position is up for uh, re-election if uh, anybody wants it, you know, Please show up and um, speak yeah. up, you know. So, um, and Brad Estes and um, Ken, you know, you're more than welcome to join us out at uh, Saints, and then uh, come and join us, you know, because more the merrier. The other thing that Coopers are doing this year too is uh, we normally do a scarf as part of our membership package, but this year we're also doing challenge coins. You all know what challenge coins are. Um, let me show you one that I have right now, but for those people that like to protest too much, they probably don't like this one. But anyway, my buddy is a sergeant of this, and this is a challenge coin. So, yes, I keep right. challenge coins around my house. That is a so challenge coin sense. beer opener, which is, you know, uh, you know, I have a, a, a whole stack of them. So the Coopers yeah. are going to do challenge coins for members this year, too. So awesome. I love that. And the whole purpose behind challenge is, is that you have to have the coin with you. And if you meet another Cooper and they don't have their coin with you, then somebody's buying somebody a beer. So I'm pretty excited. You know, they're pretty cool. I didn't come up with the idea. Uh, I think Matt Owens came up with it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having challenge coins out there. Talking about uh, special challenge coins. Hey, Brad, have you got yours? I do. I'm not going to, it's in my, it's right in my top drawer right over there. It's a, it's a, a Liverpool uh, LFC. Uh, is it a pound? I what kind of I don't know what that. Yeah, it's, it's is. just a yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's worth it's about a, two or three cents. 
right around there. Yeah, two or three thousand dollars. That's all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they, they uh, the coins that um, you can pick up at Anfield, and um, me and Brad both got one because uh, you know me and Brad uh, met while we were uh, visiting England just a couple of years ago, and uh, it's still kind of um, takes me aback that uh, pretty much me and Brad Estes took exactly the same photograph from Anfield of Goodison Park across the way, one day apart. Yeah, one day apart. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of uh, awesome. And, uh, you know, I met uh, Brad and his uh, lovely wife over um, in Liverpool City Centre. And we had uh, dinner one evening over there. It was a lot of fun. Yep, it sure was. So Brad, We didn't have as much fun as Ted Lasso and his buddies when they when they went and handed it to Everton. Uh, hopefully I didn't ruin it for anybody. But that was uh, that was that was a good episode. <laughs> So, uh, so Brad, we're going to try to wrap this up here in the next 10 minutes, but I did want to ask you the same question I asked Danny Cruz, and it's a little bit different because as far as I think what your answer will be, when Danny was on the pod, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, we talked to him about as his playing days, like the importance of the SGs, and I don't need you to blow smoke at the SGs because we have enough smoke in our own ends. You see what I just did there? Because we all blow smoke. But um, So we have enough of that, but to the back office staff, not only what does it mean for you guys, but what can we do better so two-part question the floor is yours yeah i mean i wouldn't say that there's anything to do better i would just say they continue to do what you're doing you know from our perspective weekly base to uh to, to sing and to chant to beat the drums i mean it's, it's just an incredible thing and anybody that, that shows up to a a soccer match for the first time they don't understand until they get there what it's like and that's all you guys and so um i would just ask that, that you continue to do what you're doing in game i love you know when i hear you guys talk about developing different community efforts angel share um you know the the krm stuff that you do with scouse's house that's all fantastic and that's really to me what separates supporters from fans when you get together and you do things on behalf of of the community but also kind of in a way on behalf of the club you know because you're all coming together for that one purpose then you do something for the for, for the community it's it's just a different deal you don't see that in in other sports um or at least i've never seen it in other sports and so um i would say just continue doing what you're doing if it ain't broke don't fix it and i'm gonna tell you right now it ain't broke so um i just i would just keep on keeping on so brad um just um b before uh we get off here so going into the next season, what are you doing to encourage away support to come to our stadium? Uh, nothing right now because we're not sure how many people we're going to have, and we want to make sure we have enough spots for, for all of our supporters um, going forward. When we're when we have enough space for everybody, um, there will be individual outreach to each club, um, you know, just to make sure that we're providing them the, the right levels of access. Um, we have the uh, we have their little section that we've cordoned off as far away from the pitch as possible, but because across the river, family stadium, like across yeah, the river where they can see the. Well, lights. no, no, no. It's no. It's over at Slugger. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's right there on yeah. the third baseline. <laughs> um, but uh, Six, no, I mean, about we, twelve foot jumbo, we do, right? With a yeah, motor. Right. We want to, we want to encourage them to come because that's part of the atmosphere, and I think you saw a little bit of it when St. Louis had their final game. You know, we, we let them have that section. You graciously allowed us to to put them in the in the one side of Scouse's house, and we valued that. 
and and uh, you know I, I don't know how much extra labor cost we incurred because we let them stay on the pitch for or not, some of them actually did come on the pitch, but we let them stay there for a long time afterward. But that's what this is all about, especially a club like that that was losing their 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 existence, and and that was a that was a great moment. In, in, in terms of well, sad, I guess it was a great moment for us to be able to be a part of the, the emotion there and, and just to see how, what it meant. And it's one of those things that it reminds you of what you have The you know, the next week we lost in the Eastern Conference finals. And that was a bummer. But it's like you, all you have to do is think back a week before the, the, the boys in green and, and navy blue, they, they, they don't have anything anymore. So um, it's it, it was uh, it was. I don't know. It, it was it was very powerful. I'll say that. Yeah, and you know, from uh, my perspective on that night, um, and talking to their supporters, they were had mixed emotions. That you know, yeah, they just came to to our um, turf and they just won, but they realized that it's going away, and you know. Um, it was very, very sad to see that happen to them. But, um, you know, we're not going to meet them this year because they're not going to be there. Kings yeah, gets the away. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a shame. <laughs> it so. I mean, it, yeah. It's kind of where we're at. Hopefully it'll level out. I mean, yep. probably will be the same way, though. But you have teams jumping up and jump down. <coughs> All right, boys, unless you all have anything else to cover. Yeah, well, I've got one more thing, but um, uh, so that uh, you all know, I've been, um, you, you guys know where I work. You know, I'm a, uh, an employee of uh, the Galt House and uh, the Crown Plaza and the, <coughs> the Embassy Suites, which are all in downtown. And I'm working with them right now that um, if anybody from a Louisville City side or even an away side wants to come into um, Louisville and watch a game, I'm working with them right now to get a special rate for any um, Louisville City fans or any away fans um, who are coming to the city um, to get um, a special rate at any one of those hotels. So, but I've got, I'm at the early stages of sorting that out, but um, I'll have that coming um, up pretty soon too. So um, just keep an eye on the podcast and I'll let you know. It's fantastic. Cool. Thanks for doing that, Scouts. Super weekend. Yep. Yeah, no, I just may I just may go there for the weekend, like Ken said, just get away from the house just so it's yep. not COVID related housing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I got some double oaked. Cheers. Thank you all for coming on. I really appreciate some. it. Guinness, cheers, yep. guys. My Ken, favorite. I appreciate you coming on. And Brad Estes, I really appreciate your time. And um, I can't wait to uh, get back in that stadium and uh, go city. Cheers, guys. Here we go. Thank hey. you for having me. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye.